Hello, Crossword family and friends. Welcome to Monday Night Real. Hashtag Better Ask Sykes. We have a lot to talk about this evening. I want you to start sending your, your questions in. Before we get started, I'm going to open in a word of prayer and I'm going to share something with you and then we'll entertain your questions. Let me pray for you. Our Father and our God, we just thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for keeping us each and every day. There's a lot going on in the world, and we want to make sure that we are representing you well. So anoint all of us with your spirit. Father, you have gifted us. Allow us to realize that it's not about us. It's about us making this world a better place. Join us in this conversation. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, as I was saying, there's a lot going on in the world. So we need to stay prayed up. We need to stay faithful. One thing I want to share with you on Monday, a week from today, we're going to have a memorial for Brother George Floyd right in Moreno Valley at the Veterans Memorial. It will be from 4 to 6 p.m. The Veterans Memorial, 4 to 6 p.m. It will be on social media. We're going to come out and pray. We'll have a prayer visual. We're going to have some people speak. We're partnering with Sandals Church in Moreno Valley. They're Moreno Valley campus, so it'll be Crossword Church and Sandal Church, Moreno Valley. So we are connecting together so that we can show the world that there is unity. We want to stay prayed up and stay faithful. So let's do this to show our community that we know how to congregate together peacefully. But we want to remember the life of George Floyd. Amen? So send me your questions. Entertain, I'll entertain your questions. So the first question that just came in. It says, Bishop, what in the heck is our president doing? <laughs> what in the heck is our president doing? That's a very broad question. But before I answer that question, let, let me segue to say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. I said this before the election cycle happened. If you don't vote, you can't complain. And too often, people don't go to the polls because they feel that it's not going to make a difference. As a Christian, we are part of the system. So if you don't like who's in office and you didn't vote, you really can't complain after the fact. I said from the pulpit that we got excited when Barack Obama was running for president, the first African-American who had a real chance. We got behind him. We got behind him for two terms, voting him in office. But other than that, we're kind of like today's going. When I say we, that's a general statement. I'm talking about African-Americans primarily. We're kind of like today's ago when it comes to voting. If you don't vote, you cannot complain. We get what we get. So what is our president doing? He's doing whatever his base wants him to do. Let me say this emphatically. President Donald Trump is bad for this country. That should be a no-brainer. He's bad for this country, but he's a necessary evil. The Bible says these things must happen and then the end will come. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be negativity. There'll be dysfunction in our government. All of this sets the table for the Antichrist. Now, we don't know when the Antichrist is going to come to power, but understand the Antichrist is going to be loved by many. So I believe that it will progressively get worse to set the table for the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to be able to pull all political parties together. He's going to be the new kid on the block or the new king on the block. So I believe it will progressively get worse. There may be something worse after Donald Trump. He is showing us his true colors, but again, if you didn't vote, you get what you get. Now, as I state often, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. 
I try to look at the character of a man or the character of a woman. And maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need a woman in office. But I try to look at the character of a person instead of being party affiliate. That's why I'm registered, no party affiliation. I want the option to make a spirit-led decision. So we need to make sure that we are part of the system, a part of the voting system, instead of complaining after the fact and praying to, to God to make it better, we need to be about our father's business and be active in every facet of society. Not just church on Sunday morning, like I said in my sermon on Sunday, when it comes to Christianity, we got that. We know the word. We love Jesus. We're faithful. We will sing. We will preach. We will teach our children. We know the word of God, but we need to be connected in every place. We need good business owners who are Christians. We need good school teachers who are Christians. We need Christians to be infused in every facet of society. So what the heck is our president doing? Whatever he pleases, because he has the power. He's feeding meat, red meat to his base. And also those southern states or those southern Christians or those southern people who want to make America great again. And we know what that's, that's a dog whistle for make it white again. Let's call it for what it is. The world is integrated. This country is successful because all people contribute. I served this country in the military. I was willing to die for this country. I love this country. It's still the greatest country on the face of the earth. So it's not white people, not black people, not Latino, not Asian. It's Americans. But they're flipping it. They're trying to take this and make it a racial issue. And he is winning because we allowed him in. Now we need to be vocal. Let's use the death of George Floyd to galvanize us. All the people marching. I hope everyone who's marching, and it's a beautiful thing. Black people, white people, Latino people, Asian people, people young and old coming together. Multi-races, a multitude of races coming together. But will we have that same energy when it comes time to vote? We need all people connected to what we're trying to accomplish in this world. And from a Christian standpoint, we want to accomplish what Jesus wants us to do to tell people that there is a God in heaven and his name is Jesus and they too can be saved. Amen? Hope that answers your question. Great question. Next question. If, before I jump onto this question, I, I want to hear some more. If you have questions about the marches and about George Floyd, I'll entertain those too. Bishop, do you have any thoughts on the cult, the black Israelite? The cult, the black Israelites. Now there's different fashions of that. So uh, again, give more detail. When you say the cult, the black Israelites, there's, there's many different degrees of that. Now understand the quote unquote black Israelites, a lot of those are people who broke away from Christianity who say that black people are the original Jews, the original Hebrews. And understand this, I, I mentioned this before, there are 12 tribes of Israel, but only two tribes are in existence today. So could the Hebrew Israelites or the black Israelites uh, of those who call themselves uh, Judah been Israelites and things of that nature? Could they have been part of the original 12 tribes? Well, since 10 tribes are lost, yes. The only tribes in Israel right now is the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. 
So 10 tribes got lost. So could black people be a part of those 10 lost tribes? Absolutely. When you read the story about the Ethiopian Jew, and I got into a debate with a Jewish person about this, the Ethiopian Jew was going, coming from Ethiopia to go to Jerusalem for the festivals, for the celebrations, and that's when he ran into the apostle Philip in the desert, and he hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. He hadn't heard about baptism. And that's where the apostle Philip said, I can baptize you right now. And he stopped by a pool of water and baptized him, and this Ethiopian Jew went to Israel to celebrate the culture and whatnot. Now, some say that it was a Jew who was living in Ethiopia who was going back home for the festivals. I believe it was actually an Ethiopian, a black man, who was Jewish. So could that community have been part of the original 12 tribes? Absolutely. But the issue I have with the, the militant attitude of the black, Israel, uh, black Jews or black Israelites and things of that nature is that we're the only original. Everybody else is false. See, we need to stop getting into that back and forth. God is for whomsoever. The kingdom is for whomsoever. But it's possible. So we don't want to get into that debate too deeply. Amen? I hope that makes sense to you. Next question. What do you think causes our people to be so complacent and not proactive, especially with voting? Wow, wonderful question. What do you think causes our people to be so complacent and not proactive there's no one answer I think it's because we don't think it's going to make a difference but as I already stated you get what you get we need to vote more people in who look like us or people who love Jesus or people who have our best interests at heart we have some great African-American politicians, some, some great minority politicians. But if you don't say, you know what, I, I want to see a female in this position. Or I want to see African-American in this position. If you don't vote locally, voting nationally is not going to do anything. And again, as Christians, especially as African-American Christians, we'll pray about it and we'll say we love Jesus, but we have to be a part of society. We have to. We have to vote our agenda. Doesn't mean we're racist, doesn't mean we're against other people, but we want our children to be blessed. And I say often, if you don't care about you, care about your children. Care about your grandchildren. Vote so that they'll have a better school system. Vote so they'll have a better opportunity to have a, a job that pays them above minimum wage. Vote for their future if you're satisfied with your own. Amen? And we don't get involved as we should. Only thing I can say is that we, we are so heavily involved with Christianity. As I said already, we love Jesus. We don't think it's necessary to be involved in the political sector, but we need to be, be infused in every part of society. And again, this is something I'm going to talk about over and over again because the world is changing right before our eyes. The world has changed with Brother Floyd. It's never going to be the same. So this is a prime opportunity for you to get involved in your school district. A prime opportunity for you to get involved in the local district and start voting those individuals in office that's going to make a difference. Amen? I can go on forever and ever, but let's continue to have this dialogue because it's very important that we show the world that we do care and that we do have a voice. Amen? Next question. 
My adult sons want to go protest in LA, but they live here in Marino Valley. Do you think it's wise? If they're adults, yes. When you say adults, I'm, I'm thinking 18 or older, absolutely. That's good experience. Now they have to be cautious. If, if your children, let me see, see if I can say this the right way. If your children, your young adult children, have a sense of awareness, have a sense of their environment, then absolutely. And what I mean by that is if they're just used to being in the home with you and in the general facility and they're not used to being amongst the people, you have to have a, a certain character to be marching. You have to kind of fit in. You have to look like you belong. Well, not look like you belong. You have to act like you belong. If they're going and they're fearful, they're going to stand out like a sore thumb, and that may not be a healthy thing. It has to be something that's in you. I said before that in my youth, 100%, I would have been in the marches. 100%. That's my character. I didn't fear anybody. I didn't fear anything. I would be out in the streets, but it has to be in an individual. So if you feel that your children have that in them and they want to be a part of something that is changing the world, then absolutely. You tell them to be careful or you send some other people with them, some other cousins or, or friends with them so they're, they're in a group. But I think it's a great, great experience because again, there's a new day or it's a new day. We're not going backwards. Amen? Next question. My nephew is angry and does not want to vote because he does not think anything will change. Can you provide any advice? I've already answered this. Nothing changes unless you are part of the change agent. Nothing changes unless you are a part of the change agent. You can make a difference. Especially if you are a young person, you're growing up in a time where things are rapidly changing. Matter of fact, if you're a young person, maybe your calling is to be a part of the political system. Stop saying nothing will change. If our ancestors who were enslaved, <clears throat> excuse me, if our ancestors who were enslaved said, well, nothing's ever going to change, we're always going to be slaves, and then push back against the system, and didn't break out and try to get away, even after they were caught and enslaved again, they still had a heart to be free, and they tried to get away again. They wanted their children to be free. See, every generation stands on the shoulders of the previous generation. So you have to move beyond saying nothing is going to change. Maybe you're that change agent. Maybe God has put the world on pause so that you can get out there and say, you know what? My generation is going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to speak positively to my friends. I'm going to encourage them. We have a voice. We're smart. We're young. We can do this together. So don't be afraid of that. And don't say it's not going to make a difference. Start voting. Local politics, national politics, we need you. Amen? Wonderful, wonderful question. Next question. I know the focus, <clears throat> excuse me. I know the focus is on George Floyd right now. But aren't the current movements, protests also about the countless other men and women who died in the same way? Those families are hurting as well. And shouldn't we be uniting and making change? Yes. All, to all that, yes. It's not just about George Floyd. That was just the, the catalyst. That's the one that broke the camel's back or the fingers pulled out of the dam because it was recorded. And it was so vicious. 
Because we have, in L.A., we got Rodney King, and the list goes on and on and on. Brothers and sisters who have been brutalized by the police. And let me say up front, all police are not bad. So let's stop saying that. All police officers are not bad. They do have a job to do. I mentioned before that I wanted to be a police officer when I first got out of the Navy, but I didn't make the cut. So all police officers are not bad. We have police officers in our church, but we need to weed out the negative ones. So, again, getting involved and understanding, put that back up there for you, please. Getting involved and understanding that whatever you do is going to make a difference, I'm challenging you to do that. Amen? All police officers are not bad. All police officers are not bad. Next question. Bishop, what are your thoughts on Reverend Al Shopton leading the March of Washington August 28th? Is this too late? Is this too late as far as waiting that long? No. I think it's a good thing. I don't know how that's going to, to turn out, but I think that's a, a good thing. As far as is it too late, are they waiting too late to make it happen? I think this momentum is not going to stop for quite some time. And I believe that once our celebrities and those who have means really beat that drum, I believe Washington, D.C. is going to be packed out. And I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. I had the privilege, my wife and I had the privilege of going to President Barack Obama's inauguration his first four years. And that was a beautiful thing. It was cold. But it's a beautiful thing to see, see so many people in one place. And I believe it's going to be the same effect when this happens in August under the guidance of Reverend Al Sharpton and other ministers and other political leaders. I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I don't think this is going to die down during, during then. So I think August 28th and that whole week, I think it's going to be awesome. Amen? Next question. Do you think that someone of the white, some of the white people aren't sincere about Black Lives Matter? And do you think they have a motive behind what they are doing? Let me read that again. Do you think that some of the white people aren't sincere about Black Lives Matter? No, I, I think those who are out there marching, they're sincere. They're not just playing lip service or paying lip service. They're out there marching amongst the people. So I think they are sincere. Uh, understand, we need to be careful we get into this black and white thing. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. marched, he had white people marching with him. He had Jewish people marching with him. He had Catholic people marching with him, even though he was a Baptist preacher, because they saw that it was a movement. Right is right and wrong is wrong. So when you say they're not sincere, I don't believe those who are out there are sincere. It's not going to just happen when it's just us. We need other people who are in position of power, other people who are Christians, and maybe that's what's really going on. Maybe these are Christian folks who understand that the gospel is for whomsoever. So saying they're not sincere, I don't believe they will be risking their lives because we, can, we know phony. If you're marching and you're phony, we can sniff that out. And they will feel uncomfortable. But you see they're marching right alongside. They're chanting. There's no pushing or shoving going on. No finger pointing. This is a new movement. As Brother Floyd's daughter said, Daddy's changed the world. That is legitimate. 
That's why we have the memorial a week from today where we're going to deal with these things. We're going to pray, but watch how many different races come out. Watch how many people come out for this memorial because it was so, it was so painful to watch. And what I saw, I, I saw evil. When you look at the face of, of Officer Derek Chauvin, it was pure evil. Pure evil, the way his face looked. The way when people said he, he can't breathe, he said, I can't breathe. Other people saying, you know, get your knee off him. He pushed down harder. That was a, a satanic thing. That was a demonic thing. So I believe that people saw that. As I say often, when a Jesus and you meets a Jesus and me, we have no racial divide. There is no color barrier when we have Jesus in us, when we really love the Lord. So those walking out there amongst the African-Americans, all races, you see Asians, you, you name it, everybody's out there. That's why a shift has taken place. That's why, as I said already, we're never going back to normal. There's a new normal now that we need to use this as an opportunity to galvanize the church, to galvanize what God wants us to do. We cannot miss this season. Otherwise, you're right. Two years from now, it'd be the same old thing, but I, I feel that this is different. Amen? Next question. As a new member, as of last week, what can my family and I expect when service begins? As a new member last week, watching online, what can we expect when service begins? Well, the declaration has come down from Governor Newsom that once we open, we are talking about churches in California, you can have 25% of your capacity, 25% of your seating capacity, or a max of 100 people, okay? 25% of the people or 100 people. So that's what we're trying to work through now, practicing social distancing and still having uh, everything cleaned up after each service. So for Crossword, when we launch, we will be going to three services. To, and if we go to three services and all three of our campuses, all three of our sanctuaries rather, we will still only be getting half the people in church on Sunday that we're used to. So we got to have to kind of talk about those things. So is that fair for the other half that can't get in? So there's a, a lot of moving parts. So what will happen when we first move in? I don't have a good answer. We have to work through this thing together. In my heart, I'm targeting July the 12th, but that's not in stone. And you have to understand also, they're talking about it may be a second wave. So really, we need to be praying that God will move this disease away from us. That, that God will, will just make it dissipate or that they have a vaccine. They're already saying that's not going to happen until 2021. So there's a lot going on. But what we do as Christians, we pray about it. When you look at the children of Israel, you look at, read your Bible, there's always pestilence in the land. Locusts in the land, disease in the land, leprosy in the land. There's always something, but God has always been faithful to his people. So as the Christian church, we need to pray more. Not just praying for your stuff or praying for what you want, but praying for the world. Praying for the destitute. Praying for the lost and turned out. Praying that people who are marching, they don't know Jesus, they don't know Jesus. See, get outside of, of your bubble and this is just general. I don't know who asked that question. Just generally, we need to get outside of our bubble and stop praying for folks. Start loving people who don't look like us. 
stop really caring about the whole wide world. We're so caught in, in America, we're blessed to live in America, but the world for a lot of people is a bad place. It's not a good place. So we need to have a heart for all people and, and ask the Lord to touch them, ask the Lord to heal them, but ask the Lord to introduce themselves to them so they too can know Jesus. Amen? Next question. Why do people wait for Floyd to speak up and protest when this has been a long time issue? Why do people wait for the Floyd incident is what you're saying to say something, to, to speak up? It has been a, a long time. But see, here's what happens. We have selective amnesia. And truly what happens, life goes on. Rodney King and a whole number of things that we've seen. But that's why I say I think this is different. Because of the brutality of it. But something else is going to happen not too long from now. Month, a month from now, four months, six months, something else is going to happen. And then we'll shift our attention. But in my spirit, I believe that we will still remember and there will be lasting change. But we got to be careful. There will be another tragedy that will happen. There will be something else that will go wrong. The Bible says there'll be wars and rumors of war. There's always going to be something coming after what we feel is the worst tragedy. But we have to hold on to this because this is about life change. This is about saying that we do want people to understand black lives matter. And what does that really mean? For some people, they still don't get it. All lives matter. We get that. What these young people are saying is that black lives matter when you pull us over. Because the truth is, when a black person is pulled over, most officers, all they see is black. They pull me over. They don't see, oh, oh he, he looks like a preacher. Oh, he looks like he's a, a grandfather with six grandchildren. Oh, he looks like, like he's a, a successful black man. All they see is black. So that's what that whole mantra is about. Black lives matter. Look at us as human. Judge us based on who we are, not based on your preconceived ideal of who you think we are. Judge us based on our, our character. There's good bad people, good black people and bad black people. There's black people that I wouldn't hang out with. So let's not over-intellectualize this. There's bad people in every race. Even when you're out and about, if you see somebody who looks wrong, you're not going to say, well, that's a black brother, so I'm going to say he must be okay. Well, no, you use common sense. So this has, has changed. And why hasn't people said anything in the past? We have. But life goes on. Especially in this day and age, 24-hour news. Things always happen. You pick up your, your cell phone, you're always, we're always plugged in. And that's what's different than my generation. We actually had to go buy a newspaper or read the newspaper. We had, or we had to wait for the evening news to come on. But now you pick up your phone and you get, it's always live. You're always wired in. So that's why the cycle moves forward so fast. So is it possible? And we'll just forget about this and move on. It's possible, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that because it's not just us marching, like with Rodney King and the Watts Ride, and, and the list goes on and on, because it's so many different races involved, and now the politicians are getting involved, I think this is something that's really going to make a difference. Amen? A wonderful question. So Bishop, can you speak on the beasts in Revelation 13, 11? 
The beast, Revelation 13, let's turn there. The beast, there's two different beasts. So you have to know which beast you're talking about. Revelation 13, 11. The second beast. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had And it had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. Now, when you, when you talk about whose mortal wounds was healed, when we talk about the first beast and the second beast, the uh, first beast is the beast that was killed that represents the Antichrist. It thought he was dead, and that's why people worship him, because they support one another. Again, verse 11, I saw another beast come up. Now look at that other beast, the final false prophet. Let me say it like this. Satan wants to set up a hierarchy the way God's kingdom is set up. So you have God the Father, you have Jesus the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. So that's what Satan is trying to do. Satan is trying to emulate that hierarchy where the three are one. So you have Satan, you have the false prophet, you have the Antichrist. That's the hierarchy. So that second false beast is really like a prophet. And again, some people say because it was Judas who betrayed Jesus, Jesus is going to be him. So that's really what we look at, but nobody really knows for sure. But understand, Satan always wanted to be like God the Father. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. He was booted out of heaven. So he's trying to, to mimic the, tri the, the triunity. He's trying to mimic the trinity. That's what he's trying to do with the false prophet, with the beast, the false prophet, and the second false prophet. He's trying to mimic the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But as far as who it is, we don't know. I believe it's going to be somebody who is plugged in politically, somebody who has the, the gift of, to sway people. And that's why I say that every president is a prelude to the Antichrist. Every president is a prelude to the Antichrist. Remember that. Every president is a prelude to the Antichrist because Satan is setting up his hierarchy. We don't know who that is going to be. Amen? Wonderful question. Pastor Sice, can you explain Matthew 11 verses 11 through 15? How can anyone take heaven by force. Well, I'll turn in, in in a second, but when you talk about taking heaven by force, you're talking about through your prayers. You're talking about bringing heaven down here on earth, but let's look at it. Matthew, if you're in the Old Testament, you missed it by that much. Matthew 11, 11. Matthew 11. See, when you get older, you got to push the Bible away so you can really see it. Trust me. Matthew 11, 11. Truly I say to you, among those born of a woman, of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Is that what you're looking at? Verse 12, for the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent must take it by force. The kingdom of heaven is certain taking violence. If you're talking about, is it a physical violence? No, he's talking about spiritual warfare. 
So that's what you're referring to when the violent must take it by force. He's talking about an uprising spiritually. Okay, let's go deeper. For all the prophets and the law prophesied to John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Verse 15, I know you said till verse 14, but verse 15 said, he who has ears, let him hear what thus says the Lord. So the violent must take it by force. Uh, again, that's a spiritual warfare. That's why I don't believe in Christians being passive. Let me say it again. That's why I don't believe in Christians being passive. We are in a, a spiritual war. So we fight a spiritual battle. We fight Satan with the word of God. That's why if you don't know the word, you cannot fight that demon who keeps coming into your house. The word says, that's how you speak to that demon. The word says, thou shalt not live by bread alone. The word says, this is what the word says. You push back against that demon who's trying to attack you and speak the word of God. Amen? Next question. Why is the black race hated so much? Is it fear, hate, or both? That's a very good question, very deep question. Why is the black race hated so much? Is it fear, hate, or both? First of all, I believe we were created first. I mentioned this Sunday. I believe from a biblical standpoint, God created the black man first. You can't get other races out of any other color except black people. All races come from that black gene. So the fear of the black man, the fear of the black woman, because we are industrial, we are builders. When you look at, at Egypt, when you look at history, those who were able to be successful in a world that was not developed, we've always been industrious. We've always been able to take a little bit and make something out of it. I believe that Africa is the center of the world. I believe that is the, the cradle of mankind. I believe the Garden of Eden was in Africa. So sometimes it's just connected to jealousy. It's connected to fear. It's connected to the fact that now we don't have a base. Now we have been pulled out of our, our norm through slavery, which was so horrific. 400 years, 401 years of slavery. Contemplate that. We can't even wrap our brain around that. 400 years, ships sailed. And that destroyed our, our base. That's why we no longer have a country we can call home. Now, uh, America, let me rephrase it. America is our, our country that we, we live in, but we don't have a base to support us. In other words, we can't call on like our Jewish brethren can call on Israel to promote their agenda in the U.S. We don't have that base. Some say that, you know, they're from Egypt and they're from this place, that other. I, I wish I really knew. I, I did the DNA test like everybody else. And they told me I was from the west coast of Africa. Well, give me my $100 back. I know that. That's where the ship sailed from. I knew that. We don't have a, a, a base we can rely on. So that's why the fear is that we are powerful people. They see that we are powerful people. And that fear is based on the fact that they can see the strength that we have, the resilience that we have. That fear is that we are going to overthrow something, but 
We just want our piece of the rock. We just want to be respected. We just want to be treated as equals. That's why I said Sunday, we got the, the Christianity thing down, but we need to be infused in society. We need to be infused in politics. We, we need to be infused in the school system. We need to support one another. And I could talk for that, talk about that forever. I talked about it on Sunday. We don't support one another. And it hurts my heart. We'll speak to the white man standing behind the black man before we speak to the black man. And I know I'm going to get pushed back, but that's what we do. Because we don't want to be viewed as one of them. I'm one of the good ones. But when they slap handcuffs on you, the first thing you're going to do is run to the black church and say, I need some help. If we don't love ourselves and love each other, we don't have a future and we don't have a hope. That's why I, I talked about Sunday that our way out is an economic move. The only color America re respects is green, period. That's our power source. That's why a small country like Israel can have so much influence in the United States politics because they have a base, they have a financial base. A lot of people don't know the largest gold mine in the world is in Israel. Even though it's a small country, is in Israel. They have influence because they stick together. That's not being racist. But if we don't start learning, learning how to love each other, we don't have a future or a hope. I hope that answers your question. Next one. Bishop, do you think that this time there will be change? We have been through many protests in the past, even the recent past, but yet we keep coming back to the same issue. I, I answered this already. Let me reiterate that I think this is a catalyst, but we have to take a hold of it. Do, do, do we think that this will really change things? I think that it's better now than it's ever been because it can't just be us. It has to be people who understand humanity, and that's what we're seeing now. But again, it's already stated Something else tragic is going to happen that can divert all the attention away. That's why not being against any other race, but those who look like us, we have to start loving each other again. We have to start respecting each other again. You're not going to get along with everybody, but you can still do a head nod. You can still say, what's up? How you doing? How are you? I don't care how, what your educational level is. I don't care how you want to say, well, bro, man, or you want to say, how you doing, sir? I don't care how you say it, start speaking to those who look like you. That's the first step that we can take, respecting one another. What was it, the Staples Singers years ago said, respect yourself? Respect yourself and respect those who look like you, and then you expand, spread love, that Christian love, amongst all people. Amen? Next question. Bishop, why is it that blacks and minorities across the world who give so much praise and worship to God are the ones punished, ridiculed, and killed so much? Those who love Jesus, as I talked about already, those who praise and worship, love the Lord so much, why does it seem like we are discounted? I, all I can do is keep beating the same drum. Finances. 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 Spend your money amongst, that's what Black Wall Street was all about. Helping uplift the community. As I said earlier, every race should want their children to do better than they were able to do. If you didn't go to college, you want your children to go to college. 
If you went to college and started working corporate America, you want your children to go to college and maybe start their own business. Every generation should want to produce a generation that can do better than they were able to do. I jokingly say that, that I want to be that porch over the fireplace of my children's home saying, Yo, we live like this because daddy pushed us and mama pushed us to education. They told us that we were strong. They told us that we were smart. They told us we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but do we really believe that? Do we really live that? Why is it that we, it seems like we are bringing up the rear? This would be a harsh statement and... Forgive me for saying it. The Bible says the last will be first, the first will be last. The first will be last, the last will be first. Well, we were created first. So are we approaching the end? I don't believe so. But because we were ripped from our country, ripped from our, our continent, we don't have that love that we should have. But we can change that. We can be that change agent when we just start respecting one another. As we respect other races, we need to respect one another. Amen? Next question. Bishop, do you think the enemy is using social distancing to his advantage? I wish I had more content there. Do you think the enemy is using, his, using social distancing to his, excuse me, to his advantage, I need some more clarity. In what way is he using it to his advantage? I, I don't know to keep us apart. I really don't have a good answer. So dial back in and give me more clarity on that question. Next one. My husband believes that the father's role is solely to provide and nothing else really matters. This seems to be reinforced by family law, given that fathers don't really have any rights. My husband believes that the father's role is solely to provide and nothing else matters. I disagree with that, first of all. This seems to be reinforced by family law, given the father fathers don't really have any rights. I, I will push back against that the father doesn't really have any rights. If you're talking about a divorce situation and, and the mother has the child, you said the father really doesn't have the rights that the mom has, that some of that is true. But as far as a, a, a man being less than, uh, the man should be involved in every facet of that child's life, even if you're not together. That child needs that father figure. That father needs to reinforce that you are a strong man or you are a beautiful queen that needs to come from daddy just like it comes from mom that's why everybody loves their mother but sometimes that's not reciprocated to the father for any number of reasons we love our mothers that's the vessel that sprung life into us the vessel that that birthed us but the father needs to be active in that role also but because of divorce because of separation sometimes we we discount that individual, or we don't let them be a part of that child's life, they need to know who they look like. They need to know why they act the way they act, what type of DNA is in them. So if that's what you're referring to, the father has no right, no rights, you need to make sure, even if you've gone through a separation or divorce, that you need to make sure your children know their pedigree. 
They know who they are connected to. Amen? Great question. Bishop, why do you think the small continent of Europe was able to colonize so many nations without any pushback? <laughs> That's why. The gun. They had weapons that the African people didn't have. And they were able to come in with those weapons and take over. Plus, let's be honest, also part of the problem was you had those powerful nations or those powerful tribes that sold who they figured were the lesser tribes to the slave traders, not realizing that they were going to come back and get them too. So all that going on behind the scenes, that, that's why I, I keep reiterating, it's tough. That happened for 400 years. I've been living for 59 years. There were 400 years of that false narrative being taught and being preached and, and, and working in the field and being told that, that you are less than cattle. It's hard to break that, but we are too wise now not to demand respect. We're too wise now not to say, you know, we need to start our own schools. And that's why I, I mentioned we're starting a school here at Crossword, KK Academy. KK Academy, because I, I want to be able to teach these young hearts, these young minds. And we need more like that. There, there's charter schools out there. There are people who are doing great work behind the scenes, but, but they don't get the recognition. So it starts from within. You do the best that you can do, and you partner with other good Christian folks, black Christians, white Christians, but Christians who have a heart to raise up this generation. That's what it's going to take. The reason why Europe was able to go and colonize and, and take over and then uh, America is because they had the weapons and we didn't. Amen? Great question. We are in about 43 minutes in now. Yes, sir. 46. Amen. I'm trying to understand this question here. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were trying to ask, okay. so I don't want to jump out there and give a false narrative. So let's go to the next one, and they can re-upload that one next time. Amen. Amen? Give me some clarity. Because whatever I say, you're going to hold me accountable, and you might get in trouble. So add some, some more to that dialogue. Now, anything else about George Floyd? I mentioned from the beginning that we're going to have a prayer vigil Monday, a week from today, 4 to 6 p.m. at the Veterans Memorial. And that's right across from City Hall. We're going to take over that whole circle right across from City Hall. We're going to have, of course, myself. We're going to have Sandals, Marino Valley. They're multi-site here in Marino Valley. Pastor Jeff is a campus pastor there. I've been talking to him. And we're going to have some, some music and prayer and things of that nature to encourage one another. So tell somebody, 4 to 6 p.m. Monday. So we won't have Monday Night Live, okay? I elected to do it Monday because that's three weeks after the death of George Floyd. So we can focus on that. And we can come together as a community, not just black people, but all people, realizing that this was an injustice. This was painful to watch. And we are tired of seeing young black children killed by the police. And understand... 
as I said already, all the police are not bad. So let's so put that false narrative out there. Thank God for the police. But we want to be respected just like anyone else. We're not guilty until proven innocent. We want the benefit of the doubt like any other race. But the police are needed. So let's not err too far to one side or the other. We just want to be treated fairly in this world that we built, in this country that we built. We want to be treated fairly. That's what this is about. Black lives matter. People say all lives matter. We get that. Black lives matter means that we just want to be respected as human. And we're, we're almost done. I'll finish with this one last question that just popped up on the screen. But remember, the one of the original marks was the signage with I am a man. When our black brothers marched in the 60s, carrying a sign saying I am a man. Telling people that treat me like a man. Don't treat me like a, a slave. Don't treat me like a, a, a certain, somebody who's not intellectual. So this is a narrative that's been going on forever and ever and ever. But again, we can change the narrative when we're faithful to God and when we love one another. When we're faithful to God, when we love and respect one another. When we're faithful to God, when we start speaking and giving a head nod to those who look like us. That doesn't make us racist against any other race. We are some of the most loving people on the face of the earth. But we must stand together and say, you know what? We're going to support one another. We're going to spend our money amongst one another. Because I want your children to be blessed. And you want my children to be blessed. That's really what's going to change our narrative. When we realize that we must not just have a piece of the rock. We must share that rock amongst ourselves. Amen? Now the last one. As an individual, what will I gain by joining SEAM? Excellent question. As an individual, what will I gain by joining SEAM? For those of you that don't know, SEAM stands for Cooperative Economic Empowerment Movement. Cooperative Economic Empowerment Movement. Started by Reggie Webb, who is a wealthy man. And I talked about Sunday, he's not rich, he's wealthy. He owns 16 McDonald's. As I talked about, you own one McDonald's, you're doing well owns 16 McDonald's and who knows how many investments and other things that he has, but that, that's neither here nor there. He owns 16 McDonald's, but he wants to give back to the community. So cooperative economics means that we learn how to spend money amongst ourselves. Just like every other race does. Just like the Jewish people do. They support their own markets. And it's not racist. Hear what I'm saying. It's not racist. It makes good sense to support one another. So cooperative economic empowerment movement means that we'll, we'll be able to connect to the black businesses that's already up and running so we can start spending money with them. We can go online and order from them so that we are flipping our dollar over in our own community before it goes to another community. I use the analogy of Koreatown. You drive down the 60 freeway, you live out here on the, the east side where we live in, in Riverside, Marino Valley, you go 60 heading west and you pass Koreatown, the vast majority of the signage is all in Korean. It doesn't mean they're racist. It just means that they're appealing to their own people. They don't mind us going in to eat and shop and whatnot, but they want their people to understand we're supporting our Korean businesses. You get your clothes clean at my shop. I go across the store, go across the street to buy from your store. I go over here to buy my jewelry. So my dollar flips over six or seven times because I'm sowing a seed in the businesses in my community. 
That's what Korea, Koreans do, and that's what Asians do, and that's what the Chinese do, and that's what white folks do. But we spend our money everywhere else except amongst ourselves. So that's what the cooperative is talking about. Cooperative economic empowerment movement so that everybody has a piece of the rock. So that our African-American people will have enough resources to send their children to school. It's supporting one another, not being racist, not neglecting anyone else. Because we're still going to spend money in different places when we go to the movies, we go to Disneyland, the list goes on and on. But we're trying to get people to understand, as I said already, the only thing America respects is green. And when they see that we have come together, spent $100 to be a part of the collective, and we can go to the table and say, we have all these people in our network, we need for you to open this school over here. We need for you to make the roads better in our community. We have all these voices that are speaking as one. That's the only way change happens. I know it's a, a, a tough road, but I believe that's our future because we, again, are some of the most spiritual people on the face of the earth. I keep saying it over and over again. We know Jesus. We love Jesus. We know the word. We preach well. We teach our children well. We're some of the most loving people on the face of the earth, but what we're lacking is a collective. We have individual wealth with our, our athletes, and praise God for those athletes who are, are stepping up. The Le LeBron James, and the, the list goes on and on. Those who are using their platform to make a difference. But by and large, the money goes everywhere else. We have some of the best musicians ever. The best songwriters and singers and musicians. Come on now. Everybody loves our black music. But far too often, those dollars drift into everyone else's pocket except ours. So that's what SEAM is all about. Trying to bring us together so we all will have a piece of the rock. Not just so we can walk away with a million dollars tomorrow, but so that our children don't have to go through the same struggle. So that our children don't have to become another George Floyd. So that we can open our own schools and our own hospitals. So that we as a people can support one another while we still love on everybody else. I can't explain it any better than that, but we're going to keep talking about it. So thank you for asking. Now we have gone beyond the time we normally go, so I don't want to keep you too long. But again, Monday. Monday is going to be all on social media. Monday, Veterans Memorial. Let's honor the life of George Floyd. Let's come together in this peaceful gathering, praying together. We have different people praying. We have some music out there. We want to show the world that we do care and that we do matter because God is for us, not against us. Amen? Love and appreciate you. I will see you Monday in the street. Be blessed.